and welcome back to the Disney World Today podcast. I am your ghost host for the day, Kevin Pope. Hope everyone's having a magical day, a magical week. Hope everything's going good with you guys. Back with another episode. Here we go. It's the week of July 10th, 2023. My birthday was yesterday, July 9th. 33 years old. That's weird for me to to think about and to say, man, I'm older. You know, sometimes, I don't know about you guys, maybe some of you guys can relate. You know, if you guys are around my age or a little older, sometimes, yes, I definitely feel my age. I feel old. You know, I'm 33. Physically, like my back hurts, my knees hurt, I'm achy. You know, if I sleep wrong, my neck hurts for three days. I'm tired all the time. Other times, though, I'm not going to lie, I don't feel that old. I still feel pretty young and and youthful, you know. I would, as much as I love, you know, being an adult with responsibilities, I still wouldn't mind a day where I can just lay on the couch, maybe watch some, uh, you know, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, eat some some fruit roll-ups and an Uncrustable. That sounds really good to me. You know, physically, uh, I was just talking with my buddies. (laughs) I signed up for this challenge. Um to do 1776 push-ups in the month of July for the Wounded Warrior uh, project. Um, yeah, so that's about 58 push-ups a day. And so I might have skipped a few days. So like yesterday I, I went to the gym, I worked out, and after I was like, well, I better you know catch up on some of these push-ups. So I had to crank out about 160 push-ups. But back on track, gonna stick to my you know 58 push-ups a day. Help me feel young and refreshed uh, so I can stay here and, uh, you know, keep talking Disney with you guys. If you haven't already, follow me on Instagram, Disney World Today. Uh, My DMs there are always open if you want to stop by and say hi. If you have um, ideas for the show, suggestions, top 10 lists, anything like that, or you just find something cool and, you know, you want to reach out to me, talk to me about your trip, you know, anything like that, feel free. TikTok, we did it. I made it to 10,000 followers on TikTok. Um, it's just one of those short term, small goals I wanted to have. It it just looks cool there with the 10 K. Um, you know, it's still kind of weird for me to think about like, here I am. I have a, I have a Disney themed TikTok with 10,000 followers. That's kind of crazy to me. Um, and now it's kind of like, now what? I don't, I don't know. That was one of my goals. I accomplished it. So I guess we just keep, you know, keep on moving. Also, wherever you're listening to this, if you could hit that subscribe button, leave a rating and a review. Uh, If you write me a review, I'll give you a shout out on the very next episode. And if you would like to support the show and become a monthly contributor, uh, the link to do that is in my Spotify or on my Instagram profile. Last week, we had another top 10 list. We talked about the top 10 best feelings at Walt Disney World. What a fun list. I had a lot of fun doing that episode. That's it. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just this time of year. Um, You know, my parents are going to Disney in a week. But, like, I I finished recording that one. I was like, man, I really miss Disney and Florida in general. Like, I I need a vacation. (laughs) I know my wife would agree. But the best feelings uh, in Disney. I remember, um, you know, when I was making it, I I was like, man, how am I going to rank these? I'm going to have trouble ranking these. And I did have trouble ranking them. Like, my number one was super easy. But, like, numbers two through ten plus all the honorable mentions were pretty tough. If you haven't listened already, it's available everywhere. But... Um, you know, I, one of the ones I think about a lot is, um, it was on my list. It's just that feeling of when you make it to the Orlando international airport, like I know you're tech, you're not on Disney property yet. And you still, you know, there's still the hassle of 
getting your luggage and, you know, moving from the terminal to the, you know, from the gate to the terminal to, you know, rental car or, you know, however you get into the hotel. But I don't know, like just that feeling that being in the airport, that airport smell, like the Orlando airport compared to the ones here in Chicago is a lot nicer. It smells cleaner. And it's just like, that's the start of my vacation when I get there to the airport. Uh, you know, that was one of my best feelings. And I'm sure a lot of you guys who, you know, fly or, you know, commute to, to Disney, not local, uh, can kind of relate. So it's available if you want to check it out. This week's epi- episode. So this week, you know, I was going to do an episode. I was going to do top 10 Disney must-dos. And I went back and I looked and I did one like that last June. And I was like, yeah, you know what? That's not, um, it's not enough time in between. So this episode is going to be a special one. I was just watching some vintage Disney videos on YouTube, and I think we can all say that we all loved Stacy's Must Do Disney. She was like the, you know, the the main part of the resort television at Walt Disney World for such a long time, um, and she would always have a, like her top, you know, must do things at Disney. And she's iconic. I think we can all appreciate that. So this episode is a tribute to Stacy and her must-do Disney list. And before it became Stacy's must-do Disney, it was must-see Disney. It was top seven must-sees at Walt Disney World. So for today's episode, we're going to do our top seven must-sees at Walt Disney World. A tribute to Stacy and must-do Disney. I'm going to add in some uh, some audio. Um, actually, you know, I made a video about Stacy's Must Do Disney. Uh, it was like a TikTok or a reel a few months ago. And it got a decent amount of views. And someone on Instagram tagged her in the comments. And she, like, like replied back. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is Stacy. Um, she's on Instagram as Stacy J. Aswad. Uh, A-S-W-A-D. So if you guys listen to this and you're on Instagram, post a story, tag her in it. Like this is an episode. uh, It's a tribute to her, an appreciation podcast. uh, And I'm going to give you my top seven must-sees. You know, the must-see Disney, that was like around like the mid-2000s. Like 2008 uh, is going to be the audio that you're about to hear uh, so we're going to do a little updated version. So that's all I got for this introduction. Here we go. Your attention, please. The Walt Disney World Railroad, now boarding for a scenic trip around the Magic Kingdom. Board. We have some decisions to make, you and me. The next attraction on our countdown lives in a pretty wild place. Look at those teeth. Disney's Animal Kingdom Park. But this ain't no zoo. In fact, it is far from it. So what is it? Well, it's a little bit of Africa, a little bit of Asia, a little bit of Broadway, and a pinch of prehistoric. Whoa, look at those chumpas. All with a great big scoop of the imagination of Disney gone wild. This way. Woo! I got the rhythm. Which way should we go? So many choices. Welcome to the Magic Kingdom Park. 
Magic Kingdom is the heart of the Disney experience for kids of all ages. It's the center hub for all the classic Disney magic. Actually, classic and enhanced Disney magic. Good evening. Like the now even more haunted Haunted Mansion. And Pirates of the Caribbean, now starring Captain Jack Sparrow. Yep, the most notorious pirate ever to sail has thrown anchor here at the Magic Kingdom, and he's causing quite a stir in this classic Disney attraction. So get your booty over there to see Captain Jack. All right, so like I said, that was Walt Disney World's top seven must-sees of 2008. And let me just tell you, like, I watched that video ahead of time a couple days ago, um, but just listening back to it right now, wow, just like, brought me straight into my feels like I, I heard that and I could instantly remember and feel like walking into our hotel room late at night that blast of ice cold from the air conditioning hits you and that is just playing in the background just a wave of memories and good feelings you know, and I think a lot of us can relate to that like that was the sound of our childhood vacations you know Stacy provided that that sound that background noise I think for a lot of us that was like comforting too like i don't know about you guys but like obviously i've been to disney a lot even by 2008 you know i had been there you know probably close to you know 15 16 times um we knew about everything there was really no, no reason we didn't have to sit down and watch it to see you know what should we do but we left it on in the background all the time anyway it was just one of that it, it was comforting you know and um even when i uh when i was watching it on youtube like i think one of the top comments was like uh, someone commented that uh, I watch this every night when I can't sleep and it helps them like go to sleep like I can totally relate to that you know that's one of those shows I put it on in the background just kind of puts me in my happy place you know Stacy's talking about Animal Kingdom and Magic Kingdom and what to do and it's it's a throwback you know 2008 when Disney still had a lot of that magic that reminded me of my youth it was weird like when I was looking up the you know Stacy must do Disney like a lot of them are from like 2021 2022 2020 and i'm in my head i'm like you know honestly i didn't realize she was around that long the last few you know trips that we were on we always just kind of when we weren't watching something on tv obviously we would just kind of leave it on that resort tv channel where it's just like the the park hours and the times and like uh it would just kind of play that classic disney music in the background it was just like a picture slideshow I feel like that's what we left on all the time. I don't remember seeing Stacy for a long time. So, you know, maybe she was at, you know, Disneyland, maybe only at certain resorts. Maybe I just missed it. I don't know. But um, it was kind of weird for me to see that. You know, I, I searched it on YouTube expecting to find all this retro stuff. Like the first couple that popped up were from 2021. All right. So for my list, my top seven must-sees, um, you know, I'm not going to include, obviously, like, the actual theme parks, Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, Epcot, Hollywood Studios. I feel like that's just a given. You know, the kind of idea behind this one is just kind of providing my updated top seven. You know, we, we hear Stacy talking about the top sevens in 2008. So I'm just going to kind of give you guys my updated version. You know, if someone was going to Disney for the first time in 2023 or 2024 and they came to me or, you know, they turned on a, you know, Disney World Today starring KP his top seven must-sees, what would they see? So this is going to be my list. So let's start us off now with my number seven must-see at Walt Disney World. I'm trying to kind of think outside the box on this, but I'm going to go with the Boardwalk Resort area. You guys know me. I've talked about it a lot. 
I absolutely love the boardwalk, the boardwalk resort area, yacht and beach club, Swan and Dolphin. You know, of those hotels, the only one I've actually stayed at is Swan and Dolphin. Um, but we stayed there, man, from probably, you know, like age um, 14 or 15 through, I was, you know, I was probably 21, 22. Like, we stayed there a lot. You know, back in the day, they provided a, uh, a discount for teachers. My mom was a teacher, so we always stayed there, got a great deal. Um, there was a few times, it was actually cheaper cheaper for us to get two rooms at the Swan and Dolphin uh, than one room at like a deluxe, another, you know, deluxe resort. So it was crazy. So I have a lot of good memories at the Swan and Dolphin. Um, a lot of those memories include the boardwalk area. You know, you can, the best thing is that you're able to walk or take a boat to the two theme parks. You're smashed right in the middle between Epcot and Hollywood Studios. It's like 15 minutes in either direction. You know, you want to talk about convenience. We all love the Magic Kingdom area. Um, but I mean, come on, you got two theme parks that you can either walk to, you can take a boat. It's a nice walk. I think my favorite part about the boardwalk area is just how peaceful and relaxing it can be. Like, you know, the, the idea behind this whole list is kind of like I, I kind of mentioned, like promoting Disney you know, to someone who hasn't been there before, or maybe hasn't been, you know, in a long time, maybe since they were a kid, you know, and I think a lot of people, a lot of casual Disney fans still kind of only see Disney as a theme park. Me personally, like I've always tried to kind of relay the message, you know, and convince like my friends and people I know that it's more than that. Like it's, that's why it's a resort. So that's why like, I like promoting other things like the boardwalk area, stuff that's not just the theme parks. Here's this nice relaxing area. Uh, there's a bunch of hotels, you know, Boardwalk, Yacht and Beach, Swan and Dolphin, some nice, very nice kind of upper scale hotels. Um, you know, whether you're staying there or not, I think you can kind of appreciate just how it looks, the vibes, how it feels. You know, there's plenty of places to shop. You can walk around and hit up, hit up all the gift shops. You know, there's some cool stores there at the Boardwalk. Um, I do kind of wish they would add maybe some more stores there, some more, you know, um, just kind of make it feel more like an actual like boardwalk area, some more, you know, non-Disney gift shops, um, but plenty of places to eat. If you want to sit down and grab something to eat, if you want something quick, if you want, you know, a dessert, if you want ice cream, if you want bakery, you can pretty much go all over. You know, Yacht and Beach has beaches and cream, Swan and Dolphin has the fountain, so if you want to just walk up you know, and, and get, you know, like a milkshake or sit down and have the kitchen sink. Like there's some cool places to eat, you know, RIP ESPN club. Like that was uh, one of my favorites. And like, I, like I said, like the vibes, like that's why I think ESPN club should have stayed too. Like there, I know it's, you know, geared towards people who enjoy sports, but like that fit the vibes perfectly. There were plenty of times in the summer we would walk past like on our way to Epcot and there'd be a game on. You could hear the audio outside. ESPN Club was always packed. There's people outside playing bags, you know, waiting for their table. Like such a, a great spot for the vibes there. But overall, I think the Boardwalk Resort area um, kind of gives people a look at what, what more Disney has to offer. You know, it's not just a crazy chaotic theme park. There's these nice little resort areas, you know, the, there's what, two, three, four, five hotels in this one little area, two theme parks. You can take the boat across. We now have the sky, the Skyliner there at the, uh, the back entrance to Epcot. So 
The first one on my list, number seven, is gonna be the Boardwalk Resort area. Let's move along now to my number six must-see. I'm gonna go with Typhoon Lagoon. Now, I was contemplating, do I just put Disney water parks here? But like, I don't wanna be too generic. Like, I'm gonna be more specific. If I, if I want to show off Disney to people, if I want to introduce Disney to people who have never been here before, I'm going to show off Typhoon Lagoon. I'm going to promote Typhoon Lagoon. I think it's the better of the two water parks. Man, you know, it, especially like, again, you got to try to put yourself in these people's shoes. Like you've never been to Disney before. Typhoon Lagoon is like the epitome of a Disney water park. The theming, the size the scale of everything like the like what they have to offer with the wave pool and lazy river different slides water coaster like that is disney in a water park i think it's you know can be enjoyed by people of all ages you know if you're going in the summer spring um you know in the winter months obviously it's it's usually not open but you know in the summer gonna be hot gonna want to do some swimming why not bring the kids you know to typhoon lagoon what I like about Typhoon Lagoon is like, like there's so much you can get out of it. Like, I've been going there my entire life. When I was a kid, we just wanted to go there and just play in the wave pool for like eight straight hours. That's all we wanted to do. We didn't want to do anything else. You know, we get a little older. Yeah, we want to do some of the water slides. Now, the the, the storm slides, Humunga Kawabunga. Uh, they have like, I think it's um, like their family raft ride. Back then, too, I wish they still had it. I think it made it really unique. They had the um, the shark reef there, which was so cool. Like, the fact that they got rid of that is pretty sad. But the shark reef, like, we would do that. You know, now we're doing all the slides, the shark reef. You know, we're eating, like, all this stuff. Now that I'm older, you know, I like going and kind of hanging out in the wave pool a little bit. Maybe do a couple slides. I like sitting and hanging out in the lazy river. I like kind of just tanning on the on uh, on our beach chair, listening to that beach music. Like, I love the ambiance of Typhoon Lagoon. You know, the when you're sitting close to the to the wave pool on your beach chair, and you just lay there with your eyes closed, you can hear the rush of the wave, followed by the people cheering and screaming. And it's such, you know, a great sound. Something, it, you know, they got the the '50s style beach music in the background. Man, I just absolutely love it. So I'm showing off. I'm promoting must-see. Got to see Typhoon Lagoon. Got to check out a Disney water park. Again, like a lot of times I use like um, people I know, coworkers, friends, acquaintances. Uh, and I kind of pretend like I'm making up like lists and stuff like for them. People who haven't been there before. I have a coworker. Um, you know, I've talked to I've talked to about Disney a lot. He he had no idea what Typhoon Lagoon is. He didn't know there was a water park. They'd been to Disney twice, and um, both times they did only Magic Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, and Epcot. That's it. That's it. Dis- didn't even know that they had a w- Disney water park. Uh, so that's pretty crazy to me. So for my number six pick, must see Disney, I'm going to go with Typhoon Lagoon. Number five, kind of keeping with the trend here, I'm going to go with Disney Springs. You got you to gotta check out Disney Springs. You're going to Disney. Again, if you want something that's different than just doing rides and, and you know, hanging out in the actual theme parks, got to check out Disney Springs. Especially this one, I think, applies to people who maybe haven't been to Disney in a long time. Like, maybe they've been there before. 
maybe in the 90s, you know, early 2000s when it was still downtown Disney. Disney Springs is completely different. Completely. They might not even know what you're talking about. Disney Springs, what's that? It's hard to explain to people, too. Like, again, I use my coworker as an example. Um, you know, he's been kind of talking about how um, they want to take his son before he starts college um, to Florida, you know, for like an extended weekend because he wants to do Universal and they want to do Disney for a couple days. So we've talked a lot about, you know, Disney Universal. And um, I, again, I brought up Disney Springs, no idea what I was talking about. And like, how do I explain it? I'm like, you know, it's, it's kind of like a outdoor mall slash entertainment complex, you know, like they have plenty of food options. They have fancy restaurants. They have unique restaurants. They have quick service restaurants, whether you want something cool and unique, like the boathouse, if you want something quick, like chicken guy, like there's like so many things you could try cool places to get a dessert at. You know, you got uh, Gideon's Bakehouse. You have the Everglades Donuts. Then too, you got like uh, the entertainment stuff. You got House Blues. You have um, the the bowling alley over there too. I can't remember what the exact name of it is now. Plus plenty of other little things. There's, you know, live music and street performers and just bands and food trucks. There's just always so much going on at Disney Springs. And what I like about it too is that it can kind of appeal to everyone. Like, you have your, there's plenty of Disney-themed stores, and then you also have just, like, your regular, normal, you know, mall stores. Um, so you kind of get the best of both worlds there. So if someone's going to Disney for the first time, if they haven't been there before, I'm doing a must-see Disney list, I got to put Disney Springs, you know, on there. You, you got to check it out. It's worth taking a day or a half a day just kind of doing everything there, doing a bunch of shopping and eating. So my number five pick, Disney Springs. All right, so we're already at number four here. For my number four pick, I'm going to go with Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Now, you guys know me. I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan. I'm a casual fan. You know, I, I definitely liked Star Wars more when I was a kid. You know, growing up, like, my parents enjoyed the movie, so I kind of, you know, always saw them when they were on TV. My mom had, um, you know, some Star Wars stuff. Like, I remember, like, collectibles uh, in the basement. Uh, I was kind of more into Star Wars for, like, the video games. I had some cool video games. And then as I've, I turned a little older, like, 10, I think, is when they started re-releasing the movies again. And started, like, the next, like, three, I forget, like, episode one and then the, the next movie. So, I was a casual fan. Still a casual fan. Don't really love Star Wars that much. But... I have to admit that Star Wars is such a huge entity that it would be crazy not to include it on some sort of must-see list. Like, Star Wars is so big, has such, like, a widespread, like, um, attention to it. Like, casual fans know Star Wars. If you've never been to Disney before, you know of Star Wars. And it's worth checking out, you know. it's Could they have done better with it? Yes, but that's coming from me who's you know, been to Disney 30-something times and compares it to, you know, the Harry Potter stuff at Universal, but to someone who's never been there before, maybe they haven't been to theme parks before, and you walk in, and even if you're, like, an average Star Wars fan, you're you're going to walk in and be like, whoa, like, this is really cool. The theming of the land itself, you know, the the themed just places like the the quick service and the the... The cantina where everyone's in character. Pretty cool. Pretty unique. Like, it, it 
definitely makes Disney stand out. Um, and to make it even better, you know, they have a couple of attractions in there, Smuggler's Run uh, and Rise of the Resistance. You know, Rise is, you know, considered like one of the best rides at Disney right now. So if you're a first timer, you're going there, you got to check it out. Galaxy's Edge, whether you're a casual fan or not. Um, I think it's it's one of those things you, you walk in and you're just kind of like blown away. Like, again, it's tough for us, you know, me, you guys listening. We're kind of spoiled when it comes to Disney and theming. But put yourselves in the shoes of someone who's never been there before. Like, let's say family of four is going first time to Disney because they're, you know, their son is, you know, 16 and like a huge Star Wars fan. They're going to walk in and be absolutely floored by what they see. You know, you could build your own lightsaber, build your own droid, you know, go on the rides, buy some Star Wars clothes, eat at a Star Wars themed restaurant. Like, pretty cool. Definitely worth checking out Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Let's move along now. Number three on my list, kind of similar to Galaxy's Edge. I think at three, I'm going to go with Pandora, the world of Avatar over at Animal Kingdom. I think this is, you got to promote this one. I, I can pretty much copy and paste everything I just said about Galaxy's Edge and put it here uh, with Pandora. Again, like Avatar the movie I'm not the biggest fan. When it came out, I thought it was somewhat overrated. Everyone was going crazy over it. My friends were seeing it two or three times. You know, I didn't even see it in theaters. I waited till it came out, watched it on DVD. And I was like, well, this is, this is okay. You know, fast forward, they're putting, uh, you know, Pandora into Animal Kingdom. And uh, my wife and I were like, oh, you know what? There's this new attraction. There's going to be this new land of Animal Kingdom. Let's watch the movie to kind of... Um, you know, get in the mood. So I think we watched about half of it, didn't end up finishing it. We go on vacation, we go to Disney, we go to Animal Kingdom for the first time at night, and we walked into Pandora, and we were absolutely, we were blown away. It was insane. I didn't know where I was. You know, I've been in this theme park so many times since I was eight years old, and I'm walking around Pandora like, it felt like I was in a different world. That is Disney theming at its best. And I think it's one of those places like, you know, it's good when you have to, when people say like, oh, you have to go during the day and at night, like that's how, you know, it's good. Um, so like <laughs> to kind of finish my story, um, we, we check it out. We end up doing flight of passage. I think we waited like two hours at night. like animal kingdom was like open until midnight for the first time in my life. I was at animal kingdom past like two o'clock in the afternoon. We ride it. We get back to the you know hotel. I think either that night or the next day we finished watching um, Avatar. I brought like uh, my laptop and we watched it on there because we were like kind of so pumped uh, by, by what we witnessed. And you know, they have Flight of Passage. They have the Navi River Journey, which you know, okay ride. Flight of, Flight of Passage is where you know is where it's at. Like that's again, that's how you show off Disney. You're going to Pandora flight of passage like that's how i would show someone who's never been to disney like what disney's all about let's walk around this land there's floating waterfalls floating mountains these cool vibrant colors a bunch of different sounds there's like robots walking around so much theming you can't like you can't just like decipher where you're at and then we're going to go on this attraction called flight of passage where it actually feels like you're flying a banshee like that's what disney is all about um 
the pander they got a couple cool food places too the gift shops like everything about it i think is really well done really cool and uh definitely worth seeing so that is my what did i say is that number three yeah my number three pick pandora we've made it into the top two now for my number two pick i think i'm gonna go with kilimanjaro safari i think this attraction although popular and you know it's been there since opening day i still feel like this is an underrated attraction like we're used to going to Animal Kingdom. We're, we're used to the safari. To an average person, like that experience, like where else in the world besides like an African safari will you get this experience? Like this is the only place. It's the only unique experience like this. And as I've gotten older, I think I've just gotten like a um, like a just a better appreciation for it. Like I just remember um, I was probably in high school. We went, you know, went to Disney. We're on the safari and I just had like a realization like we were in the car and I remember a rhino was so close to us I had this weird like revelation like oh my god like that's a rhino I'm like 12 feet away from an actual living breathing rhinoceros like that just completely blew my mind you know like me and my wife my family like we're big animal people we love animals so that like always kind of helped but the safari where you can see giraffes that close and lions and different types of birds and all these like other like gazelle-like creatures, I don't know. And um, like I said, with the rhinos, like so unique, one of a kind. Um, I think that's like part of Disney, again, like people don't really think of. They think of Magic Kingdom and Space Mountain and Thunder Mountain, Splash Mountain. They think of Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster and Epcot, the giant golf ball, like Animal Kingdom, I still feel like maybe people think is just like some sort of zoo type attraction. And I think if you go on the safari, the combination of the cast member driving you, you know, the actual, you know, being on a Jeep on this like giant, you know, trail and being able to get so close to different animals and how like each ride could be different, you know, depending on the animals and you know, sometimes they're blocking the the lanes or you, know, you get good views of you know giraffes on one side like so unique i think it's very underrated and i think if you're showing off disney you know I, I, it, it's a must see for sure so for me i'm gonna go with number two kilimanjaro safari so this leads me to my number one pick top seven disney must sees uh a tribute to Stacy Does Disney. I'm trying to do my best here. You know, I tried to make my list. Like I said, I, I try to think out, outside the box. I didn't want to just make like number seven, Flight of Passage. Number six, Space Mountain. Number five, Thunder Mountain. Like I, that's too cliche. That's too like people. I think know those things, or if even if they don't know it, like the, they're going to go to the Magic Kingdom and they're going to you know go to those rides anyway. I'm like kind of talking about the stuff that maybe is off the beaten path kind of like an afterthought so for my number one pick i'm gonna go with epcot's world showcase now the reason why this may be overlooked and maybe you know people don't really think of right away is because of the attractions or lack thereof um you know now with the recent opening of ratatouille they have three of them or three you know rides actual ride systems so maybe that'll make it a little more popular but i still feel like when people think of epcot they think of epcot as like the futuristic park from the 80s the giant golf ball spaceship earth like st people still call it that they think of test track they think of soren 
you know, I, I feel like World Showcase is just kind of slept on still. Like, I feel like Disney, you know, should show that off more. Like, World Showcase, again, where else can you go to one place and get, what, 16 different experiences, these different countries around the world? You know, you can go to Epcot and spend, you know, almost your whole day in World Showcase, especially when the Food and Wine Festival is going on. You know, you could walk around, just take in, you know, appreciate some of, like, the architecture and stuff, because they, you know, Disney made these <laughs> to pretty much exact replicas of, you know, from the countries. Um, you could go and try different foods. You can try different snacks. You can, you know, try some of the sit-down restaurants. Some of the best sit-down restaurants on property are at World Showcase. You can go through and just do some shopping. Like, that's some of the best stuff. Like, some of the stores there, you know, in Italy... Canada, Japan, China, some of the coolest stores. I love going through those stores and just looking at, you know, what would be sold in, you know, in these countries. Norway, I love that store. I always want to buy like all these cool like winter jackets and stuff that I that I find in there. You know, World Showcase, all these different countries, all these different experiences, and it's all in one place at Epcot. You know, not only can you get these different experiences and try different foods and drinks from around the world and shop for, you know, clothing items that are actually sold in, you know, Norwegian stores, but they also have, you know, some attractions now. Grand Fiesta, Fiesta Tour in Mexico is inside a giant pyramid. Again, cool in itself. Food options there. You know, there's a, a great tequila spot in there. And you can go on an attraction. Frozen, I mean, it's frozen. You know, a lot of families and young kids love Frozen in Norway. You know, now with Ratatouille there, like, gets people, you know, in there around World Showcase kind of, I feel like, I, speaking from, like, my personal experience, like, I never really enjoyed um, World Showcase probably until I was in, like, in my late teenager, early 20, uh, early 20s. As a kid, I'm not going to lie, didn't really like it that much. I liked Maelstrom, didn't like Grand Fiesta Tour. Didn't want to go shopping there. Didn't want to try different foods from around the world. I had no interest in that. Now that I'm older, I have a different appreciation for it. I want to try different foods. I want to try different drinks. Like, I'm probably never going to travel to Europe and visit uh, France, Italy. Never going to be, probably never going to go to Norway. So this is the closest I'm going to get. So World Showcase, I feel like it's kind of underrated. I feel like people don't really know the what the whole experience of world showcase could be you know i think it kind of has that misconception of just kind of being kind of boring just a different countries there's nothing to do so my number one pick world showcase as far as honorable mentions uh, i didn't really have many the one i was contemplating putting my list or you know one of them i was going to have on there if i kept it as kind of like a top 10 must do uh i was going to have ride the monorail i feel like that's like a cool one like kind of outside the box like you know, maybe a lot of people who aren't staying at like the contemporary or Polynesian, like they don't take advantage of it. I feel like for a lot of first timers, uh, I, I would definitely go out of my way, you know, to try and ride the monorail. You know, you're going to the parks anyway. Maybe you get like a dinner reservation or however you want to do it. But, you know, take advantage of riding the monorail. It's a cool experience, especially if you have kids. Um, again, like how many monorails are in the United States? I think it's only two, isn't it? Um, or three, you know, Disney World, Disneyland, and Las Vegas, I think are the only three monorails. Um, so it's not like a common thing in, in 
I can tell you right now, the ones at Disney are a little nicer than the one in Vegas. Um, you know, you get to go through the Contemporary and stop at the, the Polynesian Grand Floridian, and then you end up at the Magic Kingdom. Um, I think it's, that's something pretty cool, too, that uh, I would put on a uh, must-see list. But that pretty much wraps up my list. Again, um, if you're listening to this and on Instagram, uh, let's see if we can like tag Stacy or send it to her. I don't know exactly how to pronounce her last name, but it's spelled A-S-W-A-D, uh, Stacy J. Aswad. Uh, you can find her on my uh, followers list if you can't find her on Instagram. If you just click on the people I follow, uh, I follow her. Um, I would recommend too just going on YouTube. Uh, search up Stacy does Disney like so man I, I I'm still like in shock that there were so many like newer versions of it like I thought for sure it was going to be all retro stuff so you know I I posted the audio to the 2008 one the ones from like the mid 2000s are great um so iconic and like even for us like my family like we didn't need it we didn't sit down and be like oh look at this. We need to go try this. I haven't seen this before. Like we knew everything, but we still always watched it. We still always had it on. And I'll never forget like one of them, they would always talk about the three mountains, Splash Mountain, Thunder Mountain, Space Mountain. That was always like on a must do the three mountains. Sadly, there's only two mountains now, uh, but that's something something that always kind of stuck out in, in my head. I think it would be so cool to kind of make my own like kind of copy the format you know my buddy brian's a film guy i'm sure we can come up with something good and just do like a retro kevin does disney um <laughs> pilot uh and send it to disney and be like hey this should be on your uh, your resort tv channel kevin does disney my top 10 you know keeping like the same type of like cheesiness but also like it was cheesy like in a good way uh, i think that would be pretty cool to do I'm going to wrap up this episode and then at the end I think I'm going to put in some more audio. So if you do want to stick around and hear a little more audio from the classic Stacy Does Disney series, you can do that. If you haven't already, follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, Disney World Today. My DMs on Instagram are always open. Feel free to stop by and say hi. Again, if you have ideas for the show, top 10 lists, uh, topic ideas, anything like that, feel free to send them my way. You know, I, I love taking suggestions from you guys and also like my notes app, you know, I do, I do an episode every week. Like I'm slowly kind of dwindling that, that, that list. And like now pretty soon I'm going to have even less free time. So, uh, it's going to be probably even harder, uh, for me to record. So if you do have ideas, send them my way or you just find something cool, uh, Disney related or not. Also, if you can hit that subscribe button, leave a rating and a review. You guys know I'll give you a shout out. Uh, if you do write me a review, and if you want to become a monthly contributor, um, it's much appreciated. Whether it's 99 cents, it doesn't matter. Like I, I appreciate you guys. Um, it does help, makes a difference, helps keep me motivated. You know, gives me a, a little purpose. Um, the links for that are in my Spotify homepage uh, or in my Instagram bio. I do w- want to give a shout out to the Man of Steel himself, Mr. Mike Matande. Him and his wife just gave birth to a baby girl. Shout out to him. He's been a, a listener and uh, he's been supporting this podcast since day one. Always, you know, reaching out on Instagram, letting me know, you know, he enjoys the show. You know, we're sending each other, you know, Disney reels, old school WWF memes back and forth. So uh, shout out to him and congrats to you and your family. That's all I got, guys. Have a good rest of the week. Have a good weekend. Uh, Stay safe. Have fun. Whatever it is that you're doing. Hopefully I was able to provide you with a little Disney magic. That's all I got. 
Always remember, it all started with a mouse. Adventureland! Scratchy, scratchy, scratchy! Haunted Mansion! Big Thunder Mountain! He is a princess! Sassy! To start your play at the world's greatest playground, you gotta start at the Magic Kingdom Park. Here we go! Seven lands of fantasy make up this imaginative place for kids of all ages. I'm gonna hit them all. Pirates of the Caribbean. Arr. Hey, Mickey's feel her magic. It's 3D. Woo! Peekaboo! Are you dizzy yet? So let's dive in there and take a look at the Magic Kingdom Park must-do. Time to do the must-do. Woo! Or should I say must-do's? Three time-tested classics make up the Magic Kingdom must-do. Check them out. Look, it's Splash Mountain. You're gonna get wet! Splash Mountain is a time-tested thrill-seekers and fun-seekers classic. I'm gonna ride that puppy! That happens to double as a cartoon come to real life. Everyone remembers when they were first tall enough to board that infamous log and hit the briar patch. Next at the Magic Kingdom Park is a total switch of gears, but a total classic. Presenting Dumbo. You know, the flying elephant? Looking good, buddy! Awesome for kids who want to take the controls and fly high above Fantasyland. Let's fly high, buddy! Hey, who needs wings when you got ears like these? Way to go, Dumbo! And now, to finish off your three-part Magic Kingdom must-do. And here it is! In the name of everything classic in the entire world, it's a small world. Take the legendary boat ride around the globe on this musical tour of nations. All kinds of international dolls sing and dance to the famous song, It's a Small World. Classic. It's a small world. This is Must Do Disney, and we're going everywhere around Walt Disney World Resort to bring you the must-dos. So without further ado, let's do the must-do at Disney's Animal Kingdom Park.